Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined by my very good friend, Kelly. Kelly, how's it going? It's going good. Did you did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It wasn't long, and long enough. Uh, I got Thursday and Friday off of work. Uh, it was a very quick break. Wish it was longer, but it was very relaxing. How about you? Uh, it was pretty good. My it's it's weird for me with Thanksgiving because my schedule doesn't change at all because I already have Thursdays off and have for years now. So it's just like ah, it's just a normal week, but there's a turkey on one day. So do you have only thir- Thursday as your day off or do you have multiple? I do. So I work Monday through Wednesday and then Friday. I, I I'm on a four four day a week oh. schedule it's it's nice nice that is nice i'm very jealous yeah no it's uh, pretty great so we are here to talk all about all the joshi that's been happening over the last two weeks we've got a ton to talk about so we're gonna dive right in but before we do we gotta do the plugs as always follow us on twitter at jbomb audio you can follow kelly at comic kelly or me at tay mambo And I'm going to throw in an extra plug this week and say if you're interested in some more discussion about all the things we talk about on the show, join the Voices of Wrestling Discord and hop into the Jumping Bomb Audio channel. We've been having some fun conversations in there, so come and join us. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, We'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. All right, so we are going to get right into it. We are going to be covering Stardom Gold Rush, Historic Crossover, Stardom in Showcase Volume 3, as well as Tokyo Joshi's All Rise 2020. To Cork and Hall show. So let's start off with the show that was first. 
That would be Stardom Gold Rush at Edeon Osaka Arena on November 19th in front of 1,620 fans. Kelly, what did you think of this show? I thought it was a pretty fun show. Uh, I know last uh, time I had some reservations about the matches they were putting on prior to the big New Japan show, but, you know, I think that then everyone still worked pretty hard and they they had a they had a good show leading up to the show the next day what did you think of it uh i thought mainly it was fine that yeah. was, that was sort of my thought there was one match i really enjoyed probably not the match people are thinking of uh going in uh there were some things that i probably didn't enjoy so much and mostly everything else i thought was pretty okay Mm-hmm. So, the show did start with a three-way tag match. The Oedo Tai team of Natsukatora and Ruaka defeating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Miyu Amasaki and the Stars team of Momokogo and Saya Ida in four minutes and 31 seconds. I did think for a moment that this might be what I am now uh, naming the Kelly Surprise Rules Match, which is my new name for an elimination match. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I was not confused in this match. I, there was never a bit of confusion. I, I watched it, and I, I in my notes, I should have written down, wrote down, huh, straightforward. I know what happened. I thought it was a match. It felt short, mainly because it was short. And uh, that's all I really thought about it. Yeah, uh, my notes say solid enough match. Two and a half stars. Uh, The next match was the first title match of the show. The high speed title. The champion Azumi retaining her title over Momoko Hanazono in eight minutes and four seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? Uh, This was great. This was a tremendous, like, official opener. There was so much fun. Hanazono looked great here, and she more than kept up with Azumi, I thought. Uh, coming out of this, I would love to see those two as a tag team, or I would like to see them go after the trio's belts with Mei Saruga as their third. I think that would be a really fun team. Uh, but yeah, I liked this a ton. I went three and three-quarter stars on it. I will say my first note was on the last episode when we were previewing this show, uh, it was listed fairly high up the card. And so I briefly (laughs) talked about how excited I was uh, for this to get more time on the show. Well, so much for that. Uh, (laughs) But I also really love this match. I thought it was great. It sort of started out as a bit of a comedy match. And I thought, oh, okay, they're just going to sort of do a, comedy match and then about halfway through it just was not a comedy match and was very good um and of course i really loved it i've loved all these azumi high speed matches i'm trying to think back if there have been any that i've thought oh this was bad and i can't think of any off the top of my head um really loved uh momoka shooting through the ropes on the drop to do the drop kick and missing and just going whoop right right outside (laughs) the ring uh which i really like but i thought this was awesome has that uh typical sort of build 
to it near the end. I went four and a quarter stars, so I uh, really enjoyed this match. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The next match was the first match in the first round of the Moneyball Tournament, also known as the Moneyball Tournament semifinal match. The Donna Del Mundo team of Julia, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla defeating the Cosmic Angels trio of Natsupoi, Tom Nakino, and Wakasukiyama in 8 minutes and 42 seconds. I thought that this match was fine, but it uh, very clearly felt like uh, Donna Del Mundo was winning, and they were like, okay, Julia and Tekla, we're going to sort of hang outside the ring. My Sakurai, <laughs> we have to wrestle another match later, so you do all the work. Yeah. Um, I also think that Julia and Tekla's new promo images look like a French movie's interpretation of what Italian mafia wives would look like, <laughs> uh, with like the big coats and the giant hats of, and it's only the two of them. Yeah. I believe, I don't believe any of the rest of the team has those, um, images. Well, Cause they're, they're mafia Bella. That is true. They are Mafia Bella. There you go. So I was right on it. Uh, I didn't even think of that as I was looking at the image. Um, also, there was a moment when I think my Sakurai went to do an elbow drop and just missed Waka. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't really tell what had happened. And so I was unsure whether it was just a miss or whether I was supposed to think of it. You know, there's sometimes moves in wrestling that look like they hurt one person, but then the other person reacts like they're very injured. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, like someone does a what looks like a DDT, but then it turns out the person you think is giving the DDT gets more hurt. It's my whole thing with the Northern Lights suplex. Looks like it should be it could... like a be a DDT. The Northern Lights suplex should be a DDT. I would have to think about. That's the one that. time I remember. I remember this. This is one thing I really liked about uh, about Saya. I'm critical of her a lot, but one thing she did: she did a Northern Lights to someone on the outside, and then she sold her head because she would have hurt her oh, head on I the floor. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember you talked about that on the show. Yep. That's like, so there's weird little things about wrestlers that stick in my head. That will be one for Saki Kashima, and the other is, hey, Baron Corbin had that really good chairs match with Kalisto one time. For whatever reason, those are two things that live in my head rent-free always. I think we all have those. I have, I have times that um, there are very important things, sometimes things on the show where I'm thinking of what to say and I totally forget. And yet I can clearly remember in 2017 uh, that Ryan Davidson uh, briefly wrestled for DDT, a guy <laughs> who I had never heard of at the time, and I have never seen wrestle since. I've Yeah, I've never heard of this guy. He's a guy, <laughs> I guess he's a guy who wrestles in the States in like the Iowa, North Dakota like middle okay. of the country circuit. 
Okay. And for some reason, I'm like, oh, yeah, Ryan Davidson. He was on, uh, you know, a couple DDT shows. <laughs> I can remember that, but then I have to pull something out for this show. Yeah. Uh, where I try to appear knowledgeable at all times. And I'm like, I don't remember. And you're trying to pull the thing that happened. And Ryan Davidson's just there waving at you. Maybe next time I'll do it, I'll just go, oh, and I'll start talking about Ryan Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Forget about this Joshi. You guys ever watch Ryan Davidson wrestle? <laughs> Let me tell you, what a time. Uh, uh, hey, you no, know he was what? Good. He was good. If Ryan, if you're listening, I enjoyed your time and you were better than uh, Facade. Ugh. Anyone's better than Facade. Facade, I'm sorry if you're listening, but I think you suck and you're like one of my least favorite wrestlers ever. I don't even think you're not I talented. I think you're actually good at what you do, but I think it's stupid and I don't like it. I think that's almost worse. Yeah. To like acknowledge and be like, oh, you're good, but actually what you do is bad. <laughs> because if you're like, oh, this wrestler is bad, the argument could be, well, it's just a matter of taste. Yeah, no, I think he's fine like, oh, at what he good. does. Yeah. I just don't you're like it. You're good at a thing that I think is bad. Yeah. Your your career has no worth to me. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, yeah. before Facade turns off this podcast, uh, let's move on to... Oh, the... wait, there's one thing oh, I do want to say about that there match. You go. Uh, why, why is my Sakurai using the top rope elbow drop? When Kyrie is around now, why hasn't anyone said, "Hey, you shouldn't do this anymore"? That's eh, far. En- they're far enough away on the card that no one. I mean, I guess but... she's stealing the heat. Yeah, what, brother? What are you doing? Hold on, like pop the soma promoters. and think of a new finisher. Yeah, you're like one of those promoters who's like, if someone uses a move on the card, no one else on the card is allowed allowed to use it. Yeah. Because that no one else uses in... the burning hammer. Yeah, that happens in AEW sometimes when people use moves and then someone else is using it. And sometimes I do think, oh, maybe don't use that anymore. So yeah. I do, I do know where you're coming from. <laughs> the second match in the first round of the Moneyball tournament, I keep emphasizing money ball because in my notes for some reason i wrote it as money bag um, <laughs> but it was a ball so it i don't know why it was not a bag, bag. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might have been better if it had been a bag yeah it probably uh, would have worked out a lot better for everyone uh the second match in the money ball tournament saw the stars team of hazuki koguma and mayu iwatani defeat the god's eye team of Amisore, Mirai, and Tomoka Inaba. Uh, my one note here was I enjoyed seeing Inaba. I thought she looked good. And I felt the same way again, that it felt like the stars sort of did a few things and then took a break. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my big takeaway from this match was I was kind of surprised that Sore took the pin rather than Inaba. I thought that was interesting and kind of looking at their slotting in the company. That's very true. And I mean, Anaba wasn't on the show, but Soray, I mean, Mirai was as well. We're both in the spoilers. We'll talk about this in a second in the stardom rumble on historic crossover, which feels a little bit low. 
Yeah. For both of them, I would say. The next match was our first tag league match on the show. The Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid defeated the Oedo Tai team of Fukigen Death and Saki Kashima. And if you took the over on the last episode, you are the big winner. The over-under was three minutes, and this went almost twice as long. Five minutes and 47 seconds. Less hijinks than I thought there'd be. Yeah, this was pretty much just a straightforward match, and I kind of like that for it. My favorite part, part was the one sort of hijink was Fukigen Death coming in, rubbing the newspaper in Starlight Kid's face, <laughs> and then Momo immediately coming in and just launching her with a suplex. Yes, that was good. <laughs> uh, which I really enjoyed. I would have liked to... I will admit, I would have liked to see a little bit more hijinks. Would have liked to see the smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed we didn't get we didn't get that. But I think they were like, okay, what if we're gonna just subvert all the expectations here? No smoking, not today. They don't deserve it. And it was a fun and it was a fun match, sort of for what it was, which was sort of a simple mid middle of the card match. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. The next match was another tag league match. The Donna Del Mundo team of Himika and Micah defeating 7-Up Nanai Takahashi and you in 14 minutes and 5 seconds. Kelly, I have no thoughts on this match. Do you have any thoughts on this match? I thought the first half was boring and the second half was good. I just sort of couldn't get into it. I have to say, tag leagues, and I'm not talking about just stardom. This is not a stardom critique. I never like any tag leagues. The there's the one tag league that I ever really enjoyed, and I don't actually enjoy it anymore because it takes almost the entire year it feels like was the big japan tag league because they would have the death block and the strong block so you'd get a nice bit of variety with that and then it would end with you know a death match team versus a strong team which was cool so like i always enjoyed the big japan uh tag league but like it, it takes so long now i don't even follow it at all anymore but other than that i never watch any tag leagues so many of them just feel like, whoa, we've got um, two months at the end of the year. Um, what should we do? Oh, let's do a tag league. Yeah. To me. So really, I watched this match. I thought it was fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I went three and a quarter on it. It was, it was all right. However, a match I have a lot to say, a lot to say, a lot to talk about. The Wonder of Stardom title match. The champion, Saya Kamatani, going to a time limit draw. 30-minute time limit draw. With Kyrie, Kelly, we didn't even consider a time limit draw. Sure didn't. Sure It's like didn't. My brain will not even allow it to be a pot. It's like, if I don't think about it, it won't happen. It was kind of just, I thought for sure Kyrie was winning 
because I thought for sure Mayu was winning the IWGP title. <laughs> I uh, I didn't it, like this. I thought this I, sucked. It just okay. I will say here's my thoughts on the match, which was I thought Kyrie was very good. Yeah, I thought she looked good. I thought she wrestled very well. I thought the first half of the match was really meandering in a way that I didn't understand until then they hit the time limit draw. And I literally went back in my notes and wrote no wonder. Of course. Yeah. It just felt like they were like wandering from place, like meandering in the sense of the actual physical. Yeah. Movement of the wrestling was very meandering. Like they were in one spot. They were out of the ring a ton. The chair spots on the outside took up so much time. And I just found it so weird that it was like, now we're in a spot and then they would move somewhere else and sort of do something and then go somewhere else. But it all sort of felt like just wandering around through the space. And then I realized at the end that they were just sort of trying to kill time. time. It it felt Um, like it was four hours long. And then, of course, the time limit, they were like, well, you know, five minutes left, whatever they you know, said, and I was like, oh, okay, it's going to time away, which is the other thing where it's one of those things where we can talk about sort of the result, but it's one of those things where I hear that call and I'm like, and I know people are going to argue that the next match sort of counteracts what I'm about to say, but like, they're like five minutes left. And in my brain, I immediately go, oh, it's a time limit draw. And like my brain shuts off the part of me that's like, am I enjoying this? Because it's like, oh, doesn't matter (laughs) because it's going to a time limit draw. Yeah, I and I will say every like you said, it felt so meandering and it's just like it was to me, it was kind of like once within that first half, I was like, oh, God damn it. They're doing it, aren't they? (laughs) And they did. They did it. You know the one thing I liked about this match? I liked when Saya went for the 450 and the commentator screamed. That was amazing. <laughs> she goes for the 450 and the commentator's like, Because oh! <laughs> he knew what could have happened. Well, and she didn't do... Spoilers. She didn't do the Phoenix Splash in any of the matches on the shows where... Yeah, I think they may have finally told her, like, hey, you got to knock that off. And they did work it in because the whole story, you know, they have worked it into the storyline because I know that they've been talking about the idea of her losing confidence, which is fine if they're like, we've got to take this out because it's too dangerous. And that's the way that they do it. Great. Fine with me. That's what we talked about last week or last episode. I think the biggest thing to me in this match was, as I said, I thought Kyrie was very good. I thought she definitely held up her end. The sort of difference in, and this is two weeks in a row, I'm going to sort of beat up on Saya, but she's a champion. Is the difference between someone who appears as a wrestler and someone who appears as a performer. Yeah. And to me, Kyrie comes across as a wrestler and Saya comes across. And I'm not talking about that thing that people always say when they're like, back in my day, 
they were real fights and now they're just gymnastics. I don't care about what the moves are. They could be any moves at all. Saya appears like someone who is doing the moves of a wrestler. And Kyrie appears as someone who is wrestling. Which maybe is not clear. It's clear in my head. But it never, it, it always sort of comes across as sort of Saya is doing the things that she's been taught and she's like, this is what wrestling is. Mm-hmm. And she probably looks around and sees other matches and is like, ah, here's what they do. They go to the floor. They scream. All, they, ah, they scream. <laughs> but it always just feels like someone <laughs> acting as wrestler. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just picturing her sitting in her house, watching a match. Uh, and she's like, ah, they scream. <laughs> But it goes to what I was saying last episode when I think I, I I don't know if I'm quoting myself correctly, but I think I called her a dipshit Kota Ibushi cosplayer. And that's kind of you're putting it in a much nicer way than I did. <laughs> but that's the point I was trying to get across. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but it, yeah, there's it, it's a just layer. She's doing things she's seen other people do, and just it's, a lot of it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and it creates a layer of separation for me where I am watching it and going, oh, this is someone who is thinking, you know, the thinking part of it is a lot, who's thinking about what what should we do now instead of just being like, we're going out here and we're fighting. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So that was my big sort of takeaway from this match was, and it's highlighted by bringing in probably one of the better wrestlers, women wrestlers in the world. I would say, I don't think many people would disagree with me there. Just sort of highlights that difference and how good Kyrie was in this match to really, be like, yes, this is the thing you should be aiming for. And it doesn't necessarily, it could be, doesn't necessarily have to be all these high-flying moves. But even if it was, I would just like to see her do it as coming across more naturally than just like, here's the list of moves. Okay, time to do this move. Do, you know, whatever. Time to scream. Ah. <laughs> oh the semi-main event of this show was the world of stardom title match shuri the champion successfully defending her title defeating utami hayashisha in 28 minutes and 14 seconds kelly a time limit draw fake out (laughs) the second of the night actually because they had done that in the uh the Donald Del Mundo versus Takahashi and you match. Oh, that's right, because that's 15 minutes, right? Yeah. Um, Kelly, what'd you think about this match? I thought it was great. Uh, I've put the Suri and Utami rivalry in the same category in my head as the Naito Abushi feud, to where every match is great. I don't remember anything distinct from any of them, but I like all of them. 
<laughs> you know, it's just like, I can't, they all kind of just blur together into one cool match in my head. And I'm like, yep, they're all great. Like, I can't tell you which one is better than the others. They're all kind of in my head, the same level of quality and they're all good. Uh, I went four and a half stars on this one. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I enjoyed it. I was a little affected by the fact the last match was a time limit draw. And then it felt like, oh my God, we're watching two matches that take 60 minutes, essentially. <laughs> um, I mean, I will say for myself that the, the, the double draw match between them, which got all the hype, the big hyped one is still my favorite one. You know, I think it was good. Uh, I, I was not as high as you were. Um, but I enjoyed it, but I think it was slightly hurt by that. I was so annoyed coming into it that I sort of wasn't enjoying it with the thought of like, Oh, that last match. Like, I think I I took a break between the two and I was just like, you know what? I need to go. I need to go do something else for a little bit. (laughs) I think on a different show without that, like if I had taken a break, I probably would have been closer to you. Um, so yeah, but another, uh, I think Kelly, you're right in line with sort of the consensus of the match. I'm, I'm a man of the people. They all, and exactly what happened agrees with me always. What you said, what happened did happen. My very brief flirtation with Utami winning (laughs) gone uh, didn't happen. The main event of the show, the Moneyball Tournament Final Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match. The stars team of Hazuki Koguma and Mayu Iwatani defeating the Donna Del Mundo team of Julia, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla in only 9 minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, so, Is there a single funnier moment in stardom history than them busting open the Moneyball? because I don't think there is them busting over open the money ball and everyone sort of standing, <laughs> looking at all the spilled money for about 15 seconds. And then them being like, wait, the other half of the ball is still hanging. <laughs> my note, liter- my first note for this match was literally, uh, LOL. Yep. Oh my God. That was so breaks. funny. And I saw the picture of the, like the the gold and money falling. I had assumed that was from whoever won. Like that, I saw that picture on my Twitter feed. I didn't realize that was like a minute into the match. <laughs> so when it happened, it was even better. You thought they opened the ball and it rained down on the winners. Gold yes. coins. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't I mean, realize it was just they moved the fucking ladder in the wrong place. I mean, that ladder perfectly placed to sort of knock open. I don't know what was keeping that ball closed. It looked um, like it must have just been like some tape. <laughs> and they just hit it with that ladder perfectly. But yeah, sort of uh, uh, sort of shades the whole match. I will say there were some pretty crazy bumps in this. Yeah, they uh, they worked really hard. Like it, it was a fun. It was stupid as hell, but it was a fun match. Yeah, it was good. It was just very weird. I think 
the fact that it was less than 10 minutes long after we had just sat through two matches that were 30 minutes combined with the ball breaking like almost immediately my note was what a bizarre match it's really strange it it's one of the weirdest main events they've ever had like everyone worked hard it was a good match i did enjoy it but i just sort of ended it with the thought of like what the heck was that yeah you know my favorite part of the match is in the post match when after the stars team wins Julia is crawling around on the ground, grabbing any stray gold coins there are and shoving them in her top. (laughs) Just amazing. Just such good dedication right there. And them like bringing the money back into the ring to be like, here's the money. Yeah. I like that there were crowns in there too. (laughs) Here's your doubloons and crowns and some paper money. Uh, but yeah, what a strange, uh, a strange main event and a strange lead-in to the next night. <laughs> it really was. Which was the Stardom New, Dep- New Japan show from November 20th, historic crossover at Ariake Arena in front of 7,102 fans. We are only going to talk about the stardom matches because who cares about new japan uh no i'm kidding uh but we are only going to talk about the stardom matches yeah because who cares Uh, about new japan nerds (laughs) yeah uh the first show was the pre-show stardom rumble match get out of here alex coglin featuring every low card wrestler you could possibly name on the stardom roster along with super strong stardom machine Hell yeah. Uh, Mirai, Mirai defeating everyone. Uh, I have to say that I did not enjoy this. <laughs> it was just really boring to me. It was. That there was that there was almost no surprises. The one surprise was Super Strong Stardom Machine, who appears in every Rumble Stardom ever does. Super Strong Stardom uh, Machine should have won. Sure. I, I mean, was mad that they didn't matter. Win. But it just felt like there were no surprise. It was just sort of like, here's someone who we couldn't fit on the card. Oh, Wakasukiyama is here. Like, I can't imagine being a New Japan fan who doesn't watch Stardom. I mean, I guess they wouldn't care either way, but it's just like, oh, yeah, all the people that aren't important enough to have a match. Okay, cool. Like, they couldn't get anyone? (laughs) Get, I don't, I mean, I guess it's better than bringing out What's-His-Face from the, uh, from the big show. I don't know. Here we go. I'm Ryan Davidson. Um, (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Who was the guy that they brought out at the Rumble and everyone hated? Paul White? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. Ah, the rumble. Logan Paul. No, no, I'm not talking about the Royal... I'm talking about the Stardom Rumble. I'm not talking about the Royal Rumble. Daichi? 
No. <laughs> no, I just hate I said that, that. I said yes. I said that everyone hates. Hold on. <laughs> oh, why can I not? I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I, I I have zero recollection of this. The big show where they had Julia and Tom. Oh wait, I think I have a. What vague was that idea. show even? Oh my god, I'm having like a. <laughs> I cursed myself by early in the show going, ah, next time I'll do it. Uh, um, God. And like, I, I have People a are probably vague screaming. Oh yeah. Uh, um, People are probably screaming <laughs> at the podcast. <laughs> Cause I do I have a vague recollection of this now of I there being a man and it was weird. And it was at Budokan. What was their Budokan yeah. show called? I don't remember. Oh it's, it's Wonderland and Cinderella think. Town. I don't like to make... Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I am having... In my head, what? I can only picture the dude that works random DDT shows sometimes that likes to lick the inside of people's knees. Like the bald guy? No, 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 no. But you know who I'm talking about, right? No, I do. That's who I'm picking. That's like the only thing I can picture. Okay. It was... I'm looking through... I have found the event. Oh my god, they're not going to list them. Oh, Kikutaro. Oh. Remember he came out and he was like really horny? Yes. Okay, God, that's who. Why it was. couldn't I think of that? That's oh gosh. See, this in my terrible. head, I didn't picture there was even a mask, so that's why. So that that didn't even register for me. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah, no, that's because, yeah. yeah. Okay. God, that was terrible. Oh gosh. Anyway, Paul, Paul Davidson. <laughs> no, Ryan Davidson. Ryan uh, Davidson. Sorry. Jesus. Um, he's, he's standing across the street. Like I can see him outside of my window waving at me like he's like the it follows demon or whatever. But anyway, there were no surprises like there were at the Budokan show. That, like they I mean, didn't that was break almost... out like just have Kaoriyama show up as himself. Yeah, like there, there's <laughs> one. That's an easy like, one. She's a regular roster member. Do literally do any have one of the freaking masks show up? Yeah, they've got but, about fifty masks backstage. Yeah, have like a million any anyone you've had on the New Blood shows. Ram Kai Chow, why not? So I didn't like this. It was bad. Sorry. Yeah, it was. God. It was whatever. It was too long. Okay, moving on. M- moving on. Uh, the next New Japan match was the only women only match of the evening. I mean, not counting. Oh God, not counting the Rumble. Um, or the, the Queen's open, Quest or the team. main event. Oh, or the main event. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're falling apart. The only, the only, te- the only uh, team-based match that had two sides that had all women in it. There you go. 
the only women's match that had more than three people, but less than 20 people. <laughs> uh, the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C, and Saya Kamatani defeating Donna Del Mundo team of Himika, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla in nine minutes and 20 seconds. Thought this was a fun match. Didn't really mean much. Was sort of squashed between a lot of, of, of other things, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, solid undercard match. Everyone worked hard. Uh, Saya hit the 450s, smooth as silk, so that was good. Um, and I thought Azumi, Lady C, and Saya were a good team. Yeah. Uh, I thought they, And I thought Saya looked good. I'll give Saya her due um, on this match. I thought she looked good, thought Tekla looked good, liked, as always, Azumi and Tekla interactions. Uh, yeah. The next match was the first of our mixed tag team matches. The team of Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Suri and Tom Lawler in 10 minutes and 29 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I liked it. Uh, it did, for the most part, just feel like two very good singles matches that were happening at the same time. Uh, but I thought both teams had fun dynamics and a... Uh, Honestly, now looking at it, I'm kind of surprised this wasn't higher up the card, just because, I mean, it's like your two top in stardom right now with Siri and Julia. You'd think that would be farther up the card, but oh well. Uh, but yeah, overall, fun match. I went three and a half stars on it. It reminded me of, like, so when I was a kid and I had my uh, my wrestling figure federation, I used to book double matches where you'd have two matches happening at the same time and two referees for them. So, you know, it'd, it'd essentially be like a tag match, but or like a tornado tag match, but you could only pin a certain person. I think in actuality it would work very poorly, but for my action figures it was perfect. I, I don't really understand what you've just explained. <laughs> okay, so let's say... Um, okay, so we'll use it in this. Okay, like, so there's two rings... No, there's just one one ring, two matches. So it would be Julia versus Suri and Zack sure. Sabre Jr. versus Tom Lawler. Mm-hmm. And they're happening at the same time, but like it works better when they're more like when they're like an actual tag team. So it would be okay. So like let's say it'd be Meltier versus Black Desire. So it'd be Natsupoya versus Starlight Kid and Tom versus Momo. And so it it's like a tornado tag, but you can only have, you know, Natsupoi could only pin Starlight Kid, Starlight Kid could only pin Natsupoi, Tom could only pin Momo, and so on, so on. And so it's essentially you have one match happen, and then they're going at the same time. You can have different pins, so like, there's no, when one match is finished, the other is still going. Again, made a lot more sense to Child Kelly. Like, in my head... This is perfect. I can see it being very confusing, though. So it could end in a 1-1 draw? Yes. Okay. Interesting. I used to do that leading up to tag title matches. So it's like, oh, they're even going in. Wow, this is a really forward-thinking booking here. Dude, my booking was airtight. I used to have... So I had notebooks where I would plot everything out and I would plot like, okay, this is, I had, I had a grid of the weekly shows 
and every feud going up leading up to the pay-per-view. And so I would make sure that every feud got hit on, like advanced somewhat in the episode going into the, the week. So every week, each story was progressing a little bit. Something was happening. And these were with your action figures for yourself? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Correct. Sorry, not to end this by totally digging you, but... No, no. Uh, I mean, hey, what else are you going to do as a kid? That is true. Yeah. Um, One time when I, I was will... a kid, I tried to send uh, on MySpace, I tried to send Gabe Zapolsky my eFed so I could get tips on booking. And he was like, I, I appreciate the uh, you wanting my critiques, but I, I can't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, I really liked this match. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I thought they worked within the limits of the match very well. I would have liked slightly more Siri and Julia. It felt to me sort of like a Zack Sabre Jr. and Tom Lawler match featuring Julia and Siri at times. It was very Sabre and Lawler heavy. Uh, but I really liked it. I had a super fun time. I, I went four stars. Wow. So take that. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, I did three and a half. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. The next match was an eight-person tag team match. The two duos of Meltier, Natsupoi, and Tom Nakano, and the Suzuki Gun duo of Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating the duos, the Black Desire duo of Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid, along with the Suzuki Gun duo of Doki and El Desperado in 12 minutes and one second. I thought this one was pretty similar to the last one. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought everyone was working very hard, having a lot of fun. I thought the New Japan people were working to make the stardom people look good. I mean, they very easily could have gone in and just been like, oh, let's do our usual undercard stuff and then get out of here but i thought they worked hard and it was a lot of fun and everyone came out looking better to me yeah no this was a lot of fun uh i thought it was worked at like a pretty kind of frantic pace with just stuff always happening i do think it was a missed opportunity that they didn't have tom wear some pants to rip off like taichi i think that would have been a good moment I was a little disappointed that Taichi's pants got caught up in the ropes because I much prefer it when he shoots them into space and we never actually see them land. That's always fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I was also a little disappointed to see uh, Despy and uh, Starlight Kid on the losing side because I really, really like that team and I'd like to see more of them together. I liked their dual uh, masks that they yeah. were wearing. And I also enjoyed the moment when they did uh, Natsupoi and Kanemaru did the uh, whiskey spray. And then they immediately cut to Natsupoi reacting like the whiskey was very gross. Yes. 
It really felt thought... like all the Suzuki Goon dudes worked really hard to just be like, "Hey, we're like a collective unit with these with these women. Like we've we're we're a team, you know? Like they they did a really good job of that of kind of integrating themselves." Yeah, and I d- do see what you say with the Tom and the Tai Chi pants stuff, but I did like them cutting to Tom realizing she didn't have anything to rip. That was good. Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> Uh, so I thought this was, I would have gone four stars again. I thought these were really good, fun matches. Yeah. Uh, the next match, our last mixed tag team match, saw the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utami defeating the team of Hiroki Goto and Micah in nine minutes and 36 seconds. I liked that the story of the entire show seemed that no one actually really wanted to follow the mixed tag rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seemed like a thing that was heavily enforced by the referee and no one else really wanted to do it. Uh, and Tanahashi himself just slapping the shit out of Mike. <laughs> yeah. Actually getting her. I thought this started a bit slow and I thought, oh, this is going to be the match where they sort of just do the undercard new Japan style tag match. And then it really picked up. I mean, the slap on Micah being the highlight, I think yeah. by far like shit. I want a Tanahashi Micah singles match now. <laughs> it's interesting to me. I don't know if it was the wrestlers doing it or what it was. I would be interested to see if they do chance it. Like if they do this again, which I'm sure they, probably will i don't know how soon but if they maybe were to do like they could still do okay these three are going to be mixed and this one is going to be inter intergender and just see seems slightly unlikely but the fact that it was so sort of like boundary pushing here had me sort of thinking like, oh, it is possible. Like I was fully expecting the WWE style mixed tag match, which is like two people wrestle and then one person tags out and the other just has to sort of sadly walk over to their corner and tag out. And then it's like a different match. Uh, And my final note, which... Uh, was of course everyone's talked about this before but utami played a much more realistic air guitar at the end than tanahashi (laughs) she did yeah tanahashi was a cool yeah tanahashi's air guitar doesn't even look it doesn't even resemble a guitar no not at all (laughs) and then at the end he throws it out and i believe utami literally mimed taking the strap off her shoulder and then throwing it into the crowd. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Which I really enjoyed, but three good matches. I think I went in with probably slightly lower expectations based on the mixed tag rules, but I came away having a good time. Yeah, no, I was really happy with them. The last stardom match of the night, which was also the last match of the night, the main event for the vacant IWGP women's title saw Kyrie defeating Mayu Iwatani in 25 minutes and 28 seconds to become the first IWGP women's champion. And 
I will take a victory lap because I believe I predicted Kyrie on the last episode and Kelly predicted Mayu. So point yeah, to me. I bet Mayu is really upset she vacated that SWA title now. <laughs> That's the first thing I said. I said that a couple weeks ago. I'm like, why would you give up a title before you've won another title? <laughs> she believed in herself. A little too much. The, stor- the story everywhere is... You know, every person is like, I'm a belt collector. I'm the true belt collector. No. <laughs> Mayu's gimmick is, I want the least amount of belts yeah. that I can have. Mayu's like, how many pairs of pants am I wearing? One. I don't need more than one belt. More, yeah, more than one belt? No, thank you. Yeah. And even one belt might be a stretch. <laughs> uh, but Kelly, what'd you think of the match? I thought this was incredible. Uh, I thought they both, it really came off like they gave just everything they had in this match. They kept a really good pace throughout and they brought just a ton of emotion to the match. I thought they did great. I do wish that Red Shoes had been the referee rather than Daichi because Red Shoes wouldn't have fucked up the 2.99 counts like Daichi did. (laughs) He knows how to call those. He doesn't pull up early. Uh, I turned I I, I really kind of was against Kyrie winning at first just because like even listening to the English commentary, the story of the match really was where Mayu is the one who stuck around and it's almost like she deserves this title more and kind of just the post match between the two Kyrie kind of won me over more of just as a character, not as not as a wrestler, but just as the character just kind of embracing Mayu and having that moment there. And it was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with this. Uh, but yeah, this was one of my favorite matches of the year. I went four and three quarters on it. I wasn't as high as you, uh, again, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great sort of cap to the show, which I ended up really enjoying. Um, I really liked that. It was two wrestlers who are sort of, uh, you know, mixed in with the history of the promotion. They're still very current. You know, Mayu is the quote-unquote ace of the company. Kyrie was around for a while and has just come back. But I liked that it was sort of, you saw through this card, some of the present of the company, but also this present, which is a very historical present of these two people who have been around and been involved in stardom for so long. I really enjoyed the match. I was super happy to see Kyrie win. I think she's going to have a great reign. She's going to be able to have good matches. I had talked about, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show. I think we had talked about it in the um, discord. I think there was, you know, I would have loved to see Mayu win. I was happy to see Kyrie win. So to me, it wasn't really a, I want one or the other. But I think part of me was if this belt becomes something that goes to American shows, for example, or or is trying to pull in Western fans in any way, I think Mayu Iwatani, the sort of one drawback of her being so good over the years has been that she sort of has been the representative of Joshi, I think for many non-Joshi people. Yeah, like, that's fair. If if you went to people who didn't watch Joshi, who watch, you know, AEW, um, 
maybe not AEW, but like Ring of Honor, like she, it felt like she was the Joshi person in that company. I mean, she was on the uh, big Madison Square Garden show. She was just on the New Japan show in New York. And I wonder if some of this was like, well, we want to get a new face in front of some of these people. So it doesn't feel sort of like, hey, uh, women on the show. Oh, it's the same woman that you've sort of seen a lot of as this representative and that's nothing against Maya. It just happened that for a long time, she was so good that she was sort of in a class of her own once Kyrie and, and Io Shirai left and stardom was still sort of the top, but not a huge promotion that I wonder if that, if that idea factored at all into this decision. Well, I think it's just more that, like, without a doubt, Kyrie's the bigger name between the two. Like, just the WWE run on its own, Kyrie is definitely more well known. And especially if you're trying to get new fans, potentially, who have, like, oh, I know who that is. She was really good in WWE. So, you know, then they might get to start watching. Yeah. And it could totally be that. It was just sort of an idea I had before really the match of thinking oh do they go with mayu and then is the thought like oh this is a person we've seen just thinking of it from not from the perspective of really joshi fans or even people with passing knowledge of joshi but people who are like i don't watch any of that i think mayu would be the sort of flag bearer so maybe nice to have someone different and as you say the wwe thing works in her favor as well um, but certainly deserving either way, uh, super talented and uh, a good cap to the show. Yeah. And so I'll, now we're just waiting for that Kyrie versus Mercedes Monet match. I thought at first you were going to say Mercedes Martinez. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the next show, the third of our shows, was the November 26th Stardom in Showcase 3 from Todoroki Arena. And I watched this show. Kelly did not get to it except in highlight form, I believe. Yeah, I forgot about it. So uh, before the show, I crammed in all the highlight videos on YouTube. So we will sort of scoot through this one. Uh, the first match a match in the Goddesses of Stardom Tag League saw Nanai Takahashi and Yu defeat the Stars team of Hanan and Saya Ida in 8 minutes and 13 seconds. I find it rude of Stardom that they shoved in Tag League matches on a non-canon show. Um, <laughs> and it had that match that, go longer than 5 minutes. <laughs> other than that, I thought it was fine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The next match was an anywhere fall count four-way match. Koguma defeating Azumi, Ram Kaichou, and Starlight Kid in 10 minutes and 34 seconds. This one was soccer-themed uh, with the World Cup happening. 
this was probably my least favorite of these. They've had one on now three shows. This was probably, I, I did enjoy a lot of it, but probably the least favorite of the three that they've done. Uh, the highlight definitely was putting Starlight Kid in the ball, in a, the big inflatable ball, and trying to roll her at Oedo Tai, but the ball not hitting Oedo Tai and going the wrong way, uh, which I thought was very funny. I like that they bring in the big blow up things for all these matches now. <laughs> yeah, they really uh, spare no expense for these Falk Anywhere. Yeah. Um, matches to go to the outside and not the only match that went to the outside and had a big event happen so a little bit of spoilers uh the next match lady c defeating himika momokogo and sayakamatani in eight minutes and four seconds in what could be called the shampoo match and my note is i i hated this this is some of the worst shit I've ever seen. And I only saw the highlights. <laughs> I didn't enjoy this in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't want to harp on it, but just it it was it was bad. I will say this, Kelly. Uh, you may have enjoyed it in full form because there was um, some Daichi. Oh, I did abuse. see that. That was I did see Daichi get shampooed. The next match, let's turn that frown upside down. The next match was the Judo Jacket six-person tag team match. The team of Micah, Hanan, and Mayu Iwatani defeating Mirai, Hina, and Utami in nine minutes and 21 seconds. I thought this was great. This was super fun. I love the Judo. I love Micah coming in and immediately just tossing Utami around. <laughs> and I also weirdly liked that they were sort of doing judo and then at points would just be like, oh, let's just wrestle now. Uh, yeah. Let's have a little wrestling uh, as a treat. Um, so I really liked this. This was my easily my favorite match on the show. I thought it was really good. The one match I would recommend that you go and watch. Um, I thought it was super cool and a ton of fun. Yeah, from what I saw, I would agree with you. The next match was the No Holds Barred match where the teams of Hazuki and Natsu Samire went to a no contest with the Oedo Tai team of Natsuka Tora and Saki Kashima. I was not aware that No Holds Barred matches could end in no contests. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, Seems like a bit of a... Uh, strange thing. Uh, I did like Saki's look. It was very cool, although there were a couple times she sort of looked like Mayu Iwatani from behind uh, with the sort yeah, of same colored, the same colored hair sort of done up in the ponytail, the sort of high ponytail. Um, I also, my big note from the match was Chen Yoda died so that Natsu and her cone bra could live. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I thought that was funny in the end, Natsu turning, or after the match, I should say, turning on Hazuki. Um, yeah, I thought this was fine. I was yeah. I was mostly just sort of confused that it ended in a no contest. 
Yeah. I enjoyed that they were busting fake bottles over each other's heads. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that was good. Um, the semi-main of the show was a hardcore six-person tag team match. The Prominence Trio, Haragi Karumi, Risa Sara, and Suzu Suzuki, defeating the Cosmic Angels Trio of Natsupoi, Tom Nakano, and the mystery returnee, Unagi Sayaka. Um, this one, it was very weird because I was very excited for it because of the prominence, uh, trio. It felt it was too goofy for me in the end. There was paint, there was spray, there were eggs or something. There was slime. It just felt sort of like a quote unquote hardcore match for people who are like, we don't actually want to do a hardcore match. We just want to do a match where things happen. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like this. And it also is the point of there's now been three stardom and showcase matches. It feels largely like the layout is one sort of bizarre match, uh, some random stuff that they need to shove into shows to keep things moving. And then like a bunch of hardcore matches that are just all called different names. Mm hmm. Like a no-holds-barred match followed by a hardcore match followed by an exploding coffin match, which really, the spoilers, the exploding coffin only happened at the very end. And other than Uh, that, it was largely just a hardcore match. This this prominence match was the third match on the card where someone got liquid sprayed or poured on them. This is easily the wettest show we watched. Well, you watched. I watched highlights. Yeah, I would say, but I would say almost none of the other shows were at all wet. Yeah, like this. This was a very wet show. Uh, so a low bar there, and then the main event, uh, the exploding coffin six-person tag team match, the team of Nanai Takahashi, you and Shingami Mask, never revealed. For the first time, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, they they did have the fun bit where the mask got ripped off and there was another mask underneath, which I always enjoy. <laughs> uh, defeated the Donna Domundo team of Julia, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla in 14 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, enjoyed. I really was getting a sense of deja vu at this point, which I just talked about. I was like, oh, it's another one of these same sort of matches. And then I liked at the end when they beat the shit out of Rossi and threw him in the coffin and the coffin exploded. That was good. Uh, Although there was a moment I thought it was going to be like an AEW style explosion where it's just sort of like boop, 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 and it's over. But then they had sort of a big one at the end. Uh, So that was uh, Stardom and Showcase. I think a skippable show. Yeah, I'm not going to go and watch the full thing. And the last show we will be covering is the Tokyo Joshi Korokin Hall Show All Rise 22 from November 27th in front of 657 fans. Kelly, what did you think about this show? I like this show a lot. Uh, I, I forgot it was happening until like I saw it on Twitter. So I was like, oh, cool. I got I got wrestling to watch tonight. So that, it was a fun, nice little Saturday night surprise for me. 
Uh, overall, really enjoyable show. The first match was a singles match. Suzume defeating Yoshiko Hasegawa in eight minutes and 13 seconds. I thought this was a solid match. Uh, you know, have only seen Hasegawa a few times, so still interested in seeing more. But I like that they have brought someone in like this who feels a little bit above the bottom tier of the roster, but still can lose uh, to people like Suzume. It feels like they need more of those level of people. Uh, I will say the one thing that stood out to me about Suzume in this match was she hits very hard without looking like she is trying to hit very hard, which (laughs) is something that I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And, one thing about Hasegawa, I think, is her gear is like really cool and professional looking. So she kind of just jumps off the page right away and just she looks different than everyone else on the show. So it's like it kind of just makes you pay attention to her. Yeah, I mean, when I say I need to see more, I have liked what I've seen, but it, it feels like I still need to see that. Like, I'd like to see her go up against one of the sort of top tier people like yeah. just to see like, okay, this is the top tier. What can you do like in a semi main or a main or something like that? Um, but I have enjoyed having her around. I'm glad that they've sort of grabbed her. Um, as I said, I think someone of her stature is important where she could move up the card sort of like a now Kakuda who has been, um, sort of on a higher level, but doesn't feel like someone who's about to break out or needs to be pushed immediately, um, which I think is very valuable for this roster, which is seemingly full of like people who are already stars or many, many people who feel like they need to start moving up the card, which we'll, which we've talked about on uh, the show many times. Mm-hmm. The next match was a three-on-two handicap match. The team of Hyper Masao and Shoko Nakajima defeating the trio of Haruna Neko, Kaya Toribami, and Mahiro Kiryu. Uh, I will say this. This seems like a weird thing to say for a match that began with uh, Tetsuya Koda being dragged into the match briefly. But I thought it was a fairly straightforward match for Hyper Masao. Yeah, once they got to like the actual just match part of it, it was fairly normal. Um, yeah, it was just sort of a straightforward match. I actually thought it was very fun. Um, for a moment, I thought we were having another surprise Haruna Neko great match. And then there were two consecutive moves where I thought she didn't look that good. Yeah. And I was like, well, never mind. Uh, but improvement, she is improving. I think that's definite. Uh, and was good enough that I briefly thought maybe the team of three would win. <laughs> like, was is that realistic? Am I crazy? I was sort of like, well, they could win. I I, th- I didn't think they were. I didn't think they had any chance. I mean, just because it's <laughs> it's the team of geeks versus the the higher ups, I guess. 
The next match was a tag team match. Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi defeating the karate team of Juria Nagano and Moka Miyamoto in 13 minutes and one second. A match, another match I enjoyed. I thought it went longer than I thought it would. Uh, but at the end, I feel like I hadn't really changed my mind on anyone in the match. I was sort of like, yep, everything I thought about them going in is what I still think about them. Yeah, pretty much. I thought it, I thought it was good overall. Um, I think this might be the first time I watched a match with Jeria and wasn't immediately struck with, holy shit, she's great. Like, you know, I think she, it was kind of just like I'm I'm either just used to her now or what or she just didn't super stand out this time around or what but she was just kind of like yeah she's there she's great <laughs> it wasn't just like there was there wasn't that moment of oh yeah she's gonna be something huge yeah i think she's now at the point that i was sort of at with kaya Toramami. now i think she's slightly ahead of her but where it was like okay we've now seen this mm-hmm. and now and i think i talked about this last time we reviewed tokyo joshi We've seen this. It's good. We get it. What is the next step? What is the next layer of this person? And it feels yeah. like we haven't got there. We may get there. We got there with Kaya. I thought she sort of put together a sort of more well-rounded in-ring style. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be with Juria. Um, but we'll see. And again, I felt the same I felt about Mocha. I wish she would get new gear. Yeah, she needs to talk to whoever made Hasegawa's gear. (laughs) I feel like my perception of her is unfairly colored by her gear. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Because I think she's improving, but in my mind I see her and I'm like, ah, still in this gear that I don't like. Yeah. It's ugly gear. It's bad. Uh, And I'm like, look, they're a karate team now. If they're a karate team they should be closer in look. I'm not saying they should dress the same, but it would be great if the whole thing is karate. She might want to come out in something that makes her look like someone who does karate. This is when the monkey paw starts to close and Jeria gets new gear to look like Mocha. (laughs) They go back to the full skirt that Mocha used to wear. It goes the total opposite way. <laughs> the next match, a singles match, Mizuki defeating Ariso Endo in nine minutes and 55 seconds. Kelly, what'd you think of this one? I thought this was a great showing for Endo. I uh, thought they both looked really good here. And I mean, Mizuki, obviously awesome always. And uh, Endo was really good here too. I went three and a half stars on it. I thought that this was going along fine until the moment when Endo hit that drop kick on the top rope on Mizuki and Mizuki went out and then like the crowd got into it, got really into it. It felt like a big deal. They started really firing up and hitting some big shots. It was really high energy and I like really got into it and I was like, yeah, this is great. I really liked it. I went four stars uh thought the crowd was huge in the sort of making it feel like a big deal feel like a big match and i i just really got into the second half and i was like yeah this is really cool this is really great uh and i really enjoyed it 
This was a this was a really good crowd, I thought. Uh yes. Now, I don't know if it was a good crowd mainly because I've lived what seems like my entire life hearing clapping. Uh, <laughs> but to me it was good and that's all I really care about and I will talk about it uh in a later match, but the crowd was was great to me. More of the crowds like this. Yeah. The next match, a tag team match, now Kakuda and Yuki Kamafuku defeating Hikari Noah and Maki Ito in 13 minutes and 22 seconds. I thought this was good. I think mostly, though, I am I'm making another decree on this podcast, which is that in 2023, 2023 is the year of the great Tokyo Joshi in-ring action. I will not be talking about how much better their in-ring has gotten because it's official. It's good now. Yep. Almost up and down the entire card. Uh, and so 2023, that's the standard. You got to be good. I've, de- I've determined. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, and, and that's I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a new era. I've been a broken record. But now we're starting a new year and the bar is going to be at a higher level. And I think that they will surpass that level. When Harun and Echo is starting to become actually good, that's when you got to change the bar. You got you to gotta lift it up. We're high jumping and we're lifting that bar. What's a good high jump? We're lifting it from uh, 8 feet to 12 feet. There you go. I don't know. I have someone I've who never knows something about high jump. Life. Tell me if tell me if those are good heights. I think twelve <laughs> is high. Uh, we're lifting it I, from I eight feet to really ten high. feet. We're lifting it from eight feet to ten feet. Yeah, like, we're going. Maybe they're both like, low. Can are is this is the high jump? Do you is that the do you got the stick or is that the pole vault? That's the pole vault. Um, the high jump is wait. Oh, maybe I'm talking about pole vault. Is high yeah, jump the one like, where you just run and you just jump over the thing? Yeah. Because I think okay, you're talking I, about like supernatural abilities to be able to jump like that. Oh, no. Okay. So then I'm talking about pole vault. Yeah. Okay. Because high jump, so then, I think like six feet is good. Yeah. Like, because you're, you're not clearing the big show, you know? That's right. too hot. That's too tall. Yeah. Paul White. <laughs> No more BS. Sorry. No more BS. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the bar is high and that's where the bar is. And we're not talking about where the bar has been before in 2023, <laughs> but it's still 2022. So I can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, they've come a long way. I I think this is a match that before, especially in the position it was in, it would have been like, uh, okay. But now I was like, Hey, good match. The next match was our first of three title matches for the Eve title, Spirit of Eve. Uh, That's what the notes say. Uh, (laughs) Miyu Yamashita, the champion, (laughs) defeating Millie McKenzie in 13 minutes and 52 seconds. I thought this ruled. I thought it was great. This was the match where I was like, crowds. I, I was like, I cannot go back. I, no more clapping. 
2023, the year of Tokyo Joshi entering, 2023 has got to be the year of full crowds. Yeah. Because I was like, whoa. I I felt like I am watching a different thing than I have been watching. Because <laughs> I thought this was so good. I thought Miyu, of course, was very good. I thought Millie McKenzie was very good. They had the suplex on the floor. I thought all of Millie, Millie Spears looked really good as someone who doesn't isn't really all that crazy about Spears as a move because I think they can sort of look lame. Uh, really hard-hitting, great. The crowd was really into it. I went four and a half stars. I thought this was great. Damn. Uh, I like this a lot. I thought it was really good. Super hard-hitting. Uh, I haven't seen Millie wrestle in... It's got to be a couple years now, and I think she's come along really well in that time. Her suplexes look really good. Uh, the sequence of kicks that Miyu hit to win the match looked super brutal. Like, that was awesome. Uh, definitely worth a watch. This was my favorite match of the show by far. Uh, I just went four stars on it. Like, still very good, uh, really good rating, but not, nowhere near as high as you. Uh, I have to say... This was probably because I was watching the English commentary. I know, I know you stopped uh, prior to this, but there was a moment where the guy was just rattling off the history of the Eve title and was just, just barely interrupted by Millie hitting that suplex on the floor on Miu. <laughs> like it just registered the tiniest blip to him. It's like, oh wow, suplex. And then immediately just goes back to. <laughs> rambling on about the eve title history they gotta yes, figure I... out something to do with that team when aki and brooks aren't around because man it is rough i mean really the only thing they need is they need someone they need a play-by-play person because yes. they just had two color commentators yes in one booth so there wasn't actually anyone talking about what was happening in the ring and i actually think chris brooks has gotten very good at commentary and i think he's very good at sort of calling what's happening in the ring and mixing in other things and interacting with the color commentators whoever it is but to me it was just like i started the show and in the first match i was like they are not talking about anything that's actually occurring like it was just sort of like oh uh welcome oh here's suzume suzume is she started this way her nickname is vivid honey mustard and journalist guy has his notes and he's gonna rattle every single one of them off so you know i don't think they're terrible i just think they needed someone there I mean, that's what every booth needs. Every booth yeah. needs a play-by-play person and a and a color commentator, at least. I mean, some yeah, people and they've just they don't have anyone calling the match. Uh, yeah. So at this point, I was on the Japanese, so I did not uh, get to witness that moment. Yeah, I kind of kept it on just because, just like just just to see what happened, and then I got I got a little moment like that, which was fun. <laughs> That that made it all worth it. <laughs> the semi-main event of the show was for the Princess Tag Team titles. The thrown together duo of Yuki Aino and Palm Harajuku originally was supposed to be Raku. 
who wasn't on the show, went down in defeat to the champion Saki Akai and Yuki Arai in 14 minutes and 45 seconds. I wasn't super crazy about this match. I thought it was fine. I haven't really been all that blown away by any of Akai and Arai's title matches. Um, But to me, this was all about Palm Harajuku. Gotta love Palm Harajuku. The crowd loves her. This was her first uh, title opportunity in the company. And I am telling you, if it's um, with Max the Impaler or if it's somewhere else, she's got to get a big win because the crowd is going to explode and it's going to be a very cool moment. Yeah, no, Palm fought valiantly in this match. She did. She was great. Uh, Easily the star of the match. Hell, I even thought uh, Yuki Aeno did well and I normally am not a fan of hers. I thought she was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree. I don't think Akai and Arai have had a great tag title run, but I also don't really think they've had the best opponents. Like, this was probably their best matchup yet. And even this was kind of just all right, because it was just a thrown-together team. But like, I don't know, they had the not-great-Gaijin match. They had the... um. Oh, the match where you were going to make your proclamation about Mahiro Kiryu, and that was that was oh, whatever. Right. So yeah, I just think they haven't really had any good matchups yet, or any big name matchups. We'll see what happens upcoming with the Max the Impaler team, but yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like they've kind of just really cooled off this team. <laughs> like there's. There's nothing going on with them, really. It's like, all right, cool. We're having a bunch of easy title defenses. And this this one coming up is the first one where it feels like, oh, maybe they might actually lose. Who knows? So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think it might have to do with that Arai is still so new that they don't want to throw super experienced teams at them just because sort of in kayfabe, you might think, oh, okay, they're not at that I don't know, maybe not in kayfabe, but they're sort of not at that level where the crowd will see them beating those types of teams as sort of realistic. I'm starting to worry that Arai was given too much too fast. And I feel, I kind of worry that she's starting to stagnate. I mean, I think she's sort of in the similar position of Juria, which is sort of the she is sort of in the that's great what's next held back by the fact that she isn't wrestling on every show like she isn't there all the time she's doing obviously other things that are also big yeah um we'll see i mean it's still very early on in her career i mean i would hope i would think um but yeah, it's just sort of like these, some of these younger wrestlers are sort of like, here's my thing. And the next step will be, well, what else is there? Mm-hmm. Which is the case with, you know, most wrestlers, not even young wrestlers, but all wrestlers. I mean, you win a title and then you lose a title and what's next? 
Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll be interesting to see, and we'll be in, I'll be interested to see the team that beats them, as you mentioned, uh, Max the Impaler and their tag team partner, uh, Heidi Howitzer, sent in a video challenging the champions for the tag titles. I don't think they are going to win the tag titles. No, probably not. I, 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 I don't think they're going to win, but I feel like this is the most danger that the Rewa double yeah. A canon has been in. It seems like they could win, but I just don't, I don't know. There's something about it. I feel like Yuki Rai, just because they built her up so much, it's going to be like, oh, they're going to lose to an experienced team where you're like, ah, this is a team. Misao like, and Shoko in, Nakajima. In, yeah. Maybe. The main event of the show, the Princess of Princess title match, saw the champion Yuka Sakazaki retain over Billy Starks. Space Jesus, Billy Starks. In 14 minutes and 50 seconds, Kelly, the main event, what do you think? It wasn't bad. Uh, Look, Billy, it just isn't good enough to be in this spot yet and that's fine she's 17 she still has a lot of room for improvement uh the potential is definitely there you can see that in this match she did very well i thought for her first like this was a big main event match again i don't think she should have been there yet but she did about as well as you could expect uh matches like this are super important for a wrestler that's still growing. So I'm happy she got this experience and Yuka guided her through it really well. Uh the fucking the driver that Billy did to Yuka on the apron looked insane. <laughs> Yuka is a saint for taking that move because I wouldn't have. Uh but yeah, I I thought it was fine. It was a decent main event. Uh I went 3 and a quarter on it. It was honestly better than i was expecting it to be uh how how did it fit up to your expectations i actually thought it wasn't half bad i i found myself enjoying the match i probably would have been slightly higher than you like three and a half um i mean i think the most important thing is there was the one sort of mistake on the kick in the middle of the ring where billy didn't sit up in time which was sort of like, eh, okay. But I think if you sort of take away the U.S. Indies hype of her as like the second coming of Manami Toyota (laughs) um, in ring, and you're just like, okay, she's 17. She's very young. She's 17. I mean, she does do stuff that I was like, okay, this is... This is interesting to me. You know, the driver is, I think she does that in like every match. Um, And I always think, oh God, it's going to go poorly. And it never has that I'm aware of. Um, But there are things there where you're like, yes, this could be a good wrestler, but she needs more matches. And I think she needs, I would go on the other side of you, Kelly. Um, just to sort of play devil's advocate and say these are the types of matches she sort of needs 
I would rather sort of see her wrestle this match than like a hundred US indie matches that are like dream match opponent. Oh, for sure. She's wrestling Davy Richards. Yeah. And it's just sort of like you go out in a show that doesn't matter at all. There's no story. And you're like, here's a bunch of spots that I know how to do. Oh, I'm going to jump and throw a chair in the air. Like to go in this match and be like, okay, this is a main event. It is for this title. This is how we do it. It's done this way to be in the ring with uh, Yuka Sakazaki, who I thought was excellent in this match is always excellent. So that was no surprise, but someone who can sort of guide her in a more focused manner, I think is very valuable. And she's someone who's on the U S Indies, which I think are mostly sort of useless for developing talent. Nowadays, it's just sort of like people get to a level where they can sort of get their name out and hopefully they get picked up somewhere where they actually can sort of develop skills. So I thought it was very useful. And at the end, you know, she would have gone out and I was like, Oh, a disaster. Like every move is wrong. Oh, but I thought the whole thing was with, with the exception of that one moment, which lasted 15 seconds and then they got through it and it was over. I thought it was a solid match. You know, and I'd like to see, I don't know if they'll have her back or, you know, I don't know what's happening with her. She's 17. She's still in school. I don't know what the possibility is of her coming back, but I'd like to see her back more just to know that she would be somewhere developing the skills in the way that will help her most as opposed to just sort of aimlessly traveling around the Indies. Yeah, no, it's like this is a match she needs to have. I just don't think she should have been this high up the card, you know? I mean, I don't know if anyone. I I have no idea if anyone watched the show because Billy was on it. I don't know if that's the case. Um, but I don't know. I was just sort of like, yeah, w- when it was first announced, I was sort of thinking oh gosh you know this but at the end of the day it's one of their probably lesser corkins you know if this was the one you know the january 4th main event i would be like oh, i don't know about this but you know they're trying to get seats in i like that tokyo joshi is bringing in these sort of names you know brought in willow nightingale bringing in trisha dora sort of people who have been recognized as, hey, there could be something there. I'd much rather see that than the sort of usual Joshi model, which is like, hey, here's someone who has had 10 matches in Montana. Uh, They're coming in and they'll wrestle two matches and you'll never hear from them again. Like, I think that they have identified at least talent that is, if not on the super in-ring talent side at least interesting to me to see Mm -hmm. and i say that as someone you know i'm not a billy starks i you know i wouldn't say i'm a billy starks fan i've seen a few matches of hers um here and there but 
I enjoy at least saying, oh, there's a big challenge. Oh, it's someone I know. And let's see how this goes. And, you know, anyway, that's my thought. Yeah, I thought it, I haven't seen much of Billy. So this was really like probably the first time I'd watched and like fully paid attention to a match of hers. So I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see, you know, the other thing sort of is there isn't much talent on the US Indies. Oh no. Nowadays. Yeah. So it's like if you don't they're bringing in Trish, you know, if you don't you know, so put Trish aside. Um you know, someone like Masha is signed to Impact. There may be things there, but it's like, who else is there? There aren't that many other people to bring in that you could say, hey, this person is somewhat of a name. You know, Jody Threat. Um, I don't know. Can you think of anyone? No, <laughs> not really. The Indies yeah. are dry. I mean, especially, I mean, and there are some people, there are, I'm not, I'm not saying no one is talented. I'm just saying in terms of people who, you know, I think the clear goal here with Tokyo Joshi is to get some eyes on the promotion or at least try to do that. And on the U.S. Indies, there just aren't those people who have the combination of talent and notoriety because the fact is if they did, they would be in some other promotion. They'd be in wwe they'd be in impact they'd be in aew by this point because they've snapped up everyone and you know maybe tokyo joshi will maybe hopefully use more of the aew talent or ring of honor talent whatever you want to call them like they did with willow but you never know so the the, sort of the pickings are slim so i don't look at this and think how could they bring in billy starks not saying that you're saying that but you know, I understand it from the perspective of, hey, this could be interesting. And it turned out she came over and the match was fine. And it's all, you know, it is what it is. They should uh, bring over Casey Catal and have her work a death match against Kari Noah. Where is Rebel Kill? I don't know. I, don't know. I think she's in Washington. Just bring, have Casey Cattell bring over the ICW uh, American Deathmatch t- Championship and have her defend against Hikari Noah. Yeah, I'm sure that would go well. Yeah. Give Hikari what she wants. You sound like a parent who's like, give the, let them do this, and they'll yeah, come back to me do and regret it. it. Exactly. <laughs> they'll come back to me crying, and they'll never do it again. Yep. Anyway, that was the Tokyo Joshi All Rise 22 show from Corican Hall. What else has been going on in Joshi? Well, to go back to stardom, they've been doing, as we mentioned, the Tag League. Currently leading the red block in a tie with eight points. The Aphrodite team of Utami and Saya, as well as the Mafia Bella team of Julia and Tekla, both at eight points. Meltier. At six, Tom Nakano and Natsupoi. Shuri and Tomoka Naba and Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid at five. 
and then all the way down to two Mayu Iwatani and Momokogo and Saki Kashima and Fukigen Death. And once again, sad to say for Kelly, with zero points, the only team in the entire tournament, including a team where one of the participants has a notorious losing streak. The only team with no points, my fair lady, my Sakurai, and Lady C. Rossi, why are you doing this to me? I know you're doing this specifically to upset me. Rossi, why? In the Blue Goddesses block, the team of Mika and Himika and the team of Natsuko Tora and Ruaka both with eight points, speaking of upsetting Kelly, uh, <laughs> then with seven points, the seven up team of Nanae Takahashi and you six points, Hazuki and Koguma five points, Mirai and Amisore and all tied with two points, Saeeda and Hanan, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki and Saki and Waka Sukiyama, who was, uh, the replacement in that team elsewhere what is going on seedling had a show on the 20th oz had a show on the 27th sendai girls had a show on the 20th from Corican hall the main event featuring dash chizako jun kasai asuka and asami kodaka kelly did you watch any of that show no i need to i okay because I, I was gonna say the main event is a Kelly match. Yeah. Uh, super lot of fun. You know, not super high stakes, but a good exhibition match. At one point, they put Asuka on a table that breaks before anyone does anything. <laughs> but she keeps laying on the table and they still land on her. And it looked more painful than if the table had not broken. Because um, they just came down and she went nowhere. They just landed on top of her. So that aired already then? Uh, it did. It was. Um, it did. It aired. I'm it's always thrown off with Sunday Girls just because I'm used to them. I In my head, I'm like, oh, they upload everything to YouTube. And they don't actually do that. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say, I, oh, they're. Um, I thought you were going to say, oh, they're on IWTV. No. Um, you were going to go way back. <laughs> yeah. No, I just never think to look for their shows because in my head, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it'll go on YouTube. And then months go by and I don't think about the show anymore. And then I'm finally reminded, like, hey, what happened to that show? I wanted to see it didn't go up on YouTube. I've done this like four times with Sunday Girls this year already. So (laughs) I'll have to track this one down. Yeah, track it down because the main event is definitely a Kelly match and everyone else track it down because it's a good match. Um, in Marvelous on November 17th, Chikayo Nagashima defeated Unagi Sayaka. Unagi Sayaka having a very strange two weeks. Uh, on that Sendai Girls show, she was supposed to have a mystery partner to take on Team 200 Kilogram, and no one showed up, and it turned into a two-on-one match. <laughs> That's so sad. So, just very, very strange. Uh, in Wave, the champion the tag team champions galaxy punch saki and akari shimizu retained their tag titles over akane fujita and risa sarah 
So that is everything, just those few things that have been happening in the last two weeks of Joshi. But what is coming up? Stardom finishing out their tag league on December 4th in Oz on December 11th. Momoka Hanazono will defend her Pioneer three-way title against Sonoko Kato and Maya Yukihi. And Sendai Girls, probably with the biggest show of the next two weeks, they've got a big show on December 4th. The whole card, Millie McKenzie, showing up in Sendai Girls to take on Eureka Oka. Sakura Hirota will take on Amazon. Nina Samuels and Lena Cross will take on Yu and Kohaku. Mika Iwata will take on Miyuki Takase. And then for the tag titles, the champions Dash Chizako and Hiroya Matsumoto will defend against Ryo Mizunami and Manami. And the main event, the big match, the champion Chihiro Hashimoto will defend her title against Asuka. And then they have another show the very next day on the 5th. Two highlights there. Millie McKenzie against Asuka. And once again, another strange Unagi Sayaka. Chihiro Hashimoto will take on both Unagi Sayaka and Eureka Oka in a two-on-one match. So that is everything that is happening in the next two weeks. But the next time we join you in two weeks, we... It will be time for the 2022 year in review. We'll be giving all our awards, talking about the whole year that has been the exciting year of Joshi of 2022. So look forward to that. Kelly, it's time. Do you have a recommendation? Uh, Yeah, go watch a Gamera movie. It was uh, his birthday yesterday as we record this. Uh, So on the... Uh, November 27th, it was Gamera's 57th birthday. So go watch one of his movies. Uh, They are all on Amazon Prime, if you've got that. I recommend any of the three, or just watch the the trilogy from the 90s. Those movies are fantastic. So start with Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Get some big turtle fun in. Well, happy birthday to Gamera. And thank you once again for joining us here on Jumping Bomb Audio. Kelly, any final thoughts you have before we leave? It's been a long year. Been a long year. But you know what? Not as long as the past couple of years. Definitely not as long as 2020. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's our closing thoughts then uh, as we head into 2023. But we will see you next time on Jumping Bomb Audio for the final discussion on the year that was 2022. So for Kelly, I am Taylor, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. <laughs> 